From the South Dallas Cultural Center Studios in sunny South Dallas, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Trimble, coming to you once again from our home away from home. Joined today by a man who is in the zone, in the sound booth, Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Good day, Ryan Trimble. It is nice to be back in sunny South Dallas, man. This is a great place to record. Not that I don't like the Worldwide Studios, studio headquarters at Two Turtle Creek, but man, this is the place to be. You walk through, you can feel the energy. There's so much history on the wall. I even saw a payphone walking in here. I mean, where <laughs> else can you, you go and see a payphone? Did you check for the quarter in the payphone, Sean? <laughs> check and see if someone left their, <laughs> yeah. their nickel, their dime. Yeah. I can yeah. remember. Let's, I, I think I can remember. I remember when, when it was a dime, but generally I think it was a quarter, then like 50 cents. But when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I mean, back in the day, mm-hmm. a payphone was important to come by because you'd have to check your voice messages because there was not the ubiquitous <laughs> phone service and cell phones. And so you find a good payphone, call the 1-800 number, hear your voicemail. It's a big deal. I remember being sent to the movies on Friday night with a pocket full of quarters in case there was some sort of emergency, Sean. Well, in my day, when you had a pocket full of quarters, you were headed to the arcade. Uh, yes. And so that meant yes. like Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, oh, man, so Space great. Invaders, Galaga. Galaga. Galaga was my number one game, and I played <laughs> Galaga last night. Impressive. Where? I played at Industry Alley. Okay. Yeah, Industry Alley Very is a spot where uh, you can find the Galaga. And you big Street Fighter Two kind of guy. I like Street Fighter Two. That was like I mean, I'm getting a little into that was like more, college, but I mean <laughs> more graphics, more pixels. Street Fighter Two, and then what was the other one? Mortal Kombat. Was Mortal that the Kombat, next one that came, came by? Yeah. Next with I played with Sub Zero. Uh huh. Did you play Mortal Kombat? Ah, uh, yeah. I was always on Ninja Turtles, man. You know. Me. <laughs> You know me. Mega Man was a player in my gaming life, but uh, I'm terrible at video games, man. Well, since we last joined the studio audience, we have had a huge signing on the Cowboys front. Biggest news in Dallas, Zeke Elliott will be a Cowboy into perpetuity, it seems, Sean. At least... That's it. Seems like all everybody's happy right now. So yeah, he got six years on top of his two that are left. So I think that's a total eight more years. Which for a running back, that's a long that's time. That's a big contract. That's a so long commitment. Well, we shall see. Hopefully, it pays off. Hopefully, his time south of the border has been uh, productive with the great Marshall Falk. So uh, time will only tell. Sunday, we will see how it goes. Sunday, three twenty-five. I'm just glad it's over. I'm so tired of contract talk. It's made for sports talk, which I'm not trying to hate on any sports talker or podcast or whoever else. Because we love you, everybody Donnie, need, too. Everybody yeah. needs content, right? <laughs> That's By right. the way, I talked to Donovan, and he's like, man, when you guys going to have me on for the, the show? For the, We didn't get him on like last year before the season. We'll get him. But we've got to get Donovan on, get his Cowboys prediction, get his numbers, all that stuff. Well, uh, another one of our friends, uh, one of our favorite people, actually, that has some hot Cowboy opinions. Maybe we should have him on Melvin our shoe care specialist <laughs> at our office uh, at, our, at our office tower I, I don't know if I know a bigger cowboy fan than Melvin Melvin is always talking about the game that just happened or the game that is about to happen pretty much at all times well, Sean, Melvin did get into some contract talks with me the other day. You know, Zeke got $90 million was his deal. Uh, Melvin told me that 
he would be just fine if Jerry gave him two million. He'd be fine. Well, Melvin is a nice guy and a very accommodating guy. So, I mean, taking Hard the worker. two million, yeah. I mean, is the least he could do, I guess. That's you know? right. Why not take that two million? That's I right. think I'm with Melvin on that one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Sean, we've got uh, a lot of action coming up this weekend. Uh, of course, we we teased Ponies hosting UNT, their home opener. Your Aggies in South Carolina and Clemson. Uh, I'm feeling good about the game. I'm feeling after watching Kellerman, he continues to grow. The running back situation is looking good. The only thing that makes me a little nervous is the A&M defensive line. Um, but the Clemson defensive line cannot be as good as they were last year. They were like literally NFL grade caliber line last year. Prediction. Um, I'm going A&M 26, Clemson 23. Oh, man, I love it. Look at the confidence. I'm feeling pretty good. I Got love a good it. feeling about this. I what about you? How, how are the ponies, yeah. ponies going to stack Ponies, up? gritty win last week at Arkansas State, like we mentioned uh, in our last episode. Ponies, UNT, Seth Luttrell's got them playing really well. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Sonny Dykes. Got the fellas ready to go. I think that uh, I think it'll be a bit of a high-scoring affair, but I'm going to go Ponies 45, UNT 40. You are bullish on Sunny Dykes. I'm long on CS. I'm high. I bought a lot of stock in yeah, Sunny. Yeah, you you are chock full of Sunny Dykes <laughs> stock. For it's sure. always sunny on the hilltop, Sean. <laughs> well, man, we have got a great guest today. Like I know we've had this on our vision board for quite some time, and <laughs> yeah. we will finally be able to knock this guest off. We have long time and great political writer from the Dallas Morning News, Gromer Jeffers, that's going to be joining us today. Gromer, of course, a uh, longtime friend of both yours and mine. Uh, we talk about it. We're going to talk about it in the interview, but uh, man, I used to see Gromer walk in, and and you know the chamber folks would sit him and uh, all the you know Ken Kaltoff and everybody that wanted to talk politics at all these chamber luncheons. Uh, they they got sat in the back, and so lowly staffers sat near near Gromer, and uh, so we got to know each other. Well, yeah, I, I read Gromer for years before I even made my way to City Hall, and then uh, found myself having a number of political. Con- Conversations with Gromer at the Cedar Social, so that is where <laughs> I was sitting down, getting my getting the real deal outside of the column right. from Gromer. But that's kind of what we're going to get today. Really, um, get to delve into more than just uh, the words that you get to write on the page or online. I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear these hot political opinions yeah. from Gromer Jeffers. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say in in this state there there are several reporters that uh, cover politics, but I think Gromer's one of the ones that probably everybody follows. He's got a you know, big following has been doing it for a long time. And he time. knows everybody. Like, he knows everybody. <laughs> yes. He's a great guy. Yes, unassuming and, and just walks in and kind of knows everybody. And, so. and and always working, man. I mean, I'm telling you, you go to an event where Gromer is and he's got on the, the side got having the a conversation, got his notepad yeah. out, he's leaning up against the wall, yeah. he's having conversations. So uh, I'm really excited, man. Yeah, this is great. So let's jump right in, uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Thanks for tuning in.
fans, it's football season again, and SMU head coach Sonny Dykes has the Mustang football team ready to rumble this season. You won't want to miss any of the action on the hilltop this fall, and with season ticket packages starting at just 79 bucks, there's no excuse. With exciting players like senior wide receiver James Prochet and quarterback Shane Bouchelle leading the stampede, it's sure to be a big year. Do yourself a favor. Call my guys in the SMU ticket office at 214-SMU-GAME. That's 214-768-4263. Or visit www.smumustangs.com today and lock in your season tickets like I did. My guy David Silverstone will be waiting for your call. So what are you waiting for? Dial 214-SMU-GAME and pony up. Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are honored today to have a senior writer here with us, senior in experience, because uh, I think we were about roughly about the same age, so yeah. I don't want to put too many seniors in <laughs> Right, right. But uh, we have political writer from the Dallas Morning News, Gromer Jeffers, here to talk a little politics. Gromer, thank you for being here. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited about being here. I know we've talked about doing this for a while. <laughs> for a minute. And now, it's man. It's a tough get, Sean. And this is the perfect time to have him. Like, yeah. There's so much going I on tell right you, because I, I, I just came from a, a, a debate in Frisco, and I was like, I am not, I am going to make this. <laughs> so I was weaving we and dodging grateful. through traffic, yeah. and so I'm here. And so it's early, great. man, so that's good. I, exactly. That's good. So Impressive. it's good to be with you guys. I mean, I, I've known both of you for a while here, so. Well, and, and I followed you. I've I read your, your your political writing for a long time. I followed you even for a time when I was on Inside Texas Politics. Yes, we I remember there. that, we yeah. Bumping each other. But can you, I, I just want to know a little bit about your career because now you really are the go-to writer here when it comes to local, state, even national politics. Right. So tell me a little bit about your career at the Dallas Morning News. Yeah, man, I I, I came here, man. Um, I don't know. It hasn't been quite 20. I don't know. It's been a while, though. But I'm from Chicago okay. originally. And so that's where I get my love from politics from. I, I love politics. I love the Chicago Cubs, basically, even though I'm from the South Side. I'm like a Michelle Obama South Side. <laughs> where we, we don't cheer for the White Sox, we cheer for the Cubs. But... Growing up in Chicago, man, my family had, like, all kinds of newspapers because newspapers were still king back mm -hmm. then. And we got we, – we had subscriptions to a, a few, and then when they, when they saw I was into journalism – they they would go and to they still had newsstands. I know the young listeners out there. What is they he talking about? Is. Yeah, <laughs> but especially in the larger northern cities, they had these little huts that were called newsstands, and you go and get you a paper and gum or whatever, you know. And so they would go and they would get me um, uh, the papers that I didn't have from the newsstand, and and so from there. That's where I started. I started reading columnist Mike Royko and all of the kinds of folks, and got into politics. Everybody's from Chicago who loves they love politics, sure. right? And uh, and then I went to schools at Howard in D.C. D.C. political town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, got my first job at the Kansas City Star. Started working nights, night cops, man. And I saw some stuff: accidents, murder, shootings. Rubber chicken dinners, 
stuff like that. But when a politician came to town, I would get to cover it, like the you know the, yeah, the dinner circuit and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and so from there, from went to county government, and then county government. I mean, uh, suburban co- county government, then county government in Jackson County, Missouri, and then Kansas City Hall. And from there, a guy named Vernon Smith used to be an editor here. He used to be an international editor, did all kinds of other stuff, but he also did some recruiting. I ran into him at, at a conference, and then we would always talk about me coming to Texas, and he got me to look at the Dallas Morning News. I came here, became the city hall reporter, and from there just branched out to local politics, and now I kind of do it all, you know, as the kind of the main political writer. And it's yeah. been it's been fun. Got here as fast as you could, Club Man. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's good. So you started off, you're a city hall reporter. Yes. We, we wanted to talk to you about uh, Dallas City Hall. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Eric Johnson era has, has it's, we're 80 it's days off in. And running, right? it, it, we're off and running, right? We're off and running. Tell us, give us your, your thoughts on, on the Johnson administration and his time as, as mayor. Well, so far, so good, right? No. No big uh, scandals, right? That's the right. first thing you want, and, and yeah. not to suggest that there will be one, but, you know, in Dallas, uh, the trick is, man, to get the council to go along with your agenda. Yeah. And so far, it seems like, you know, he's been able able to do that. What's exciting about Johnson is, you know, he's uh, a younger mayor compared to, mm-hmm. to some of the other mayors we've had. He's... And he and the thing about him is he wants to sort of modernize the city in uh, in terms of information, data, doing things based on new technologies, analytics, it's, it's yeah. analytics instead of the old ways. And I think that's what's exciting ab- about him, sort of f- bringing the city into the modern era. You know, Dallas does a lot of things right, but. I think that's a a, a worthy goal, right. and if he can just do that, then maybe he can work on some of the systemic problems, you know, like in the the north south divide. Right, and I know that's that's something you guys are absolutely yeah. care about. And you you mentioned the the council, and we've sat down with the majority of the council. Jennifer Gates is one of our clients, right. but. That's one of the things I'm encouraged about. The council seems to be a strong council. They're working well together. Uh, obviously, they're not going to see eye to eye on everything, and you see some of that, but it, it seems like a good working group. What do you think about the council? Yeah, it, it really does. And I remember my first council, I thought it was a, 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 a good working group as well. This one, the best thing about this council is most of them don't come to the council within the baggage of I'm from this camp or I'm mm-hmm. from that camp. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them just ran and got elected, right? Right. And so you don't have, you know, I'm, I'm with the, the Kingston faction or this faction. I'm loyal to the mayor. They seem to, a lot of them seem to be district first. Uh-huh. And in, in a rep, representational style of government, that's important. And if you're district first, that's fine. But as long as you're able to sort of sit down at the table and deal with your fellow council members and the mayor, then that works. Yeah. When you when you don't have the when you're not saddled with oh I gotta be loyal to a, to a, a 
to this guy because exactly yeah. I got to stay in my clique. And so that's the most exciting thing about the new council is that maybe, maybe they can actually sit down and come from a place of, of openness. Like, hey, we're we're ready to, to test new ideas. And hey, tell me what you want to say. I'm willing to listen. Yeah. And if I agree with you, yeah. And if I don't, we can talk about it's, it. It definitely seems more collaborative for yeah. sure. And, and you know, hopefully it, I bludgeon Sean over the head with the term <laughs> effectiveness in right. politics. And so to me, it's like you got to get stuff done. I think that's yes. why people are mad at Congress and people yes. are mad at politics in general. And you know, maybe they just want to fight, but I don't know. I, I want to see my elected officials get stuff done. So, um, do you, do you see them being able to get a few things done in the next, you know, by the end of the year? Yeah, right now, and and it, uh, we'll see what they want to tackle first, um, and and that's the challenge. I mean, their are problems, uh, and uh, Johnson wants to be work on workforce readiness. Mm-hmm. He wants to be an education mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows the importance of of educating. The, the, the citizenry here and getting them ready for those high tech jobs that are coming. You know, Uber, you know, announces mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. coming here. And I, I expect more 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 companies to follow. But the big one of the biggest complaints that companies have when they go anywhere and in the United States not complaints, but one of the things they tell you is that, yeah, we got these jobs. But we we need to find people to fill them, yeah. right? Gotta have a workforce. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, that's where cities like Boston excels at because you know they have all those universities, so they really don't have to thrown off. Ex- all exactly. Sorts of yeah. Bank. Exactly. So, um, in that respect, that's what uh, Johnson wants to work on, and I and I and and so if the council can and can do that and moves to, toward that, of course, crime is yeah. something that. Is never ending, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, I man, and we'll see with the budget. I mean, the budget, the budget is going to be exactly. the first kind of test to see how those priorities are going to line up. Put your money where your mouth is, right? So we can talk about <laughs> right. how these things are important. But when you and I worked at the police department, when roughly sixty right. percent of the budget goes to public safety, right. you know, you're really you're really slicing that pie as thinly yeah. as you can. So, and you guys came. Uh, you guys remember when the city, when the budget were on the leopard and. And, and to some degree, Rollins, there were some budget problems. There yeah. wasn't a lot of money yeah. to go around in the economy when the economy tanked around 2008, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, so they're going to have a little more to work with in some councils. But but you're right, public safety is something they're going to have to work on. So much of the budget goes to that. Um, the chief is back, right? Right. right. Uh, we'll see what happens with all of that. Um, I you know I was in. Uh, I, I I don't have as much hair as I used to, but I still go to the barbershops in in South Dallas, that's you, right? That's where you get all the knowledge. Exactly, right? And uh, I remember I was driving over there on, on MLK, mm-hmm. and I saw the the state the DPS, mm-hmm. the state troopers. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What in the mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. Something's gonna happen with this." And sure enough. Uh, there, there were news conferences and there was concerns over the, you know, the, the policing tactics yeah. in that area. Yeah. But notice, it didn't really blow up into sort of a controversial deal in the past. I think that would have been a week, a month long oh, thing, yeah. right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was surprised that DPS came to town. 
you know, yeah. in the first place. And so I, I think the fact that it hasn't blown up has a lot to do with the mayor has yes. a relationship he, uh, that, he, that is existing with exactly. the state. With the and state, so with, with the I, governor. I think that helped. And I think they eventually had a community town hall meeting that they probably should have had earlier. And so to your point, um, especially, you know, there's news in your paper today regarding the shooting that happened, right? And so yeah. I think in the past there could have been a lot more, but credit really to the mayor and to the, the city. And, and I know Chief Hall and Chief Hughes, they've had meetings with the community because, you know, we've seen what could happen. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you guys have seen that sort of situation where you have policing in the community go off the rails, right? Like that, but it didn't this time. And uh, um, so, yeah. And it, I mean, one of my old barbers when I first got here got shot, man, Fred from King of Cuts, uh, and I believe in August oh, in yeah. South Dallas, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And. I think that shook up a lot of people, and they're willing to say, "Okay, if it's if it takes bringing state police here, if yeah, if if there's some an aggressive, if there's aggressive policing, then we can live with that. If we can stop some of the problems." This is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, joined by our old friend Gromer Jeffers from the Dallas Morning News. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for sticking with us. It's fall in Texas, and you know what that means, fairs and fried food. Ring in fair season at Trinity Groves on Friday, September 13th at 6 p.m. and taste delicious fair-inspired food from a dozen of the Trinity Groves restaurants. We're talking fried lobster corn dogs, pound cake fried with funnel cake batter, fried baklava, fried chicken and waffles wrapped with bacon, turkey legs, and of course, refreshing drinks to wash it all down. Go to Facebook and search Fair Food Fest to purchase your $5 entry ticket before it sells out. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, and Sean, we are joined today by our friend, Gromer Jeffers from the Dallas Morning News. I've known Gromer for a long time, got to know him when I was just a a lowly staffer for State Representative Dan Branch, and he was always good to me. I was always sitting at the kids' table at the the chamber luncheons. That would be hilarious, man. And that's where they put the journalists, too. So (laughs) I got to know Gromer eating a lot of uh, Chamber of Commerce rubber chicken. I know, man. I'm all still dry after that. that <laughs> That's right. That's right. still hurts when that chicken. But yeah, yeah. man. I, I, I mean, we, and uh, we were always talking, man. And that was that would be yeah. that would be cool because a lot of a lot of times you know sit down and and the staff tries to you know be hard work you and you know try to. 
contain yeah. you, but you were like, hey, let's talk politics, and we just start. Yeah, it was good. Hey, he would talk politics with anybody. <laughs> I am with anybody. Anywhere. Right? Anywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm sure even Lil Tate has probably heard right. his fair share yes, of politics already. Yeah, so anyway, but yeah, so so you've been following the Texas legislature for right. a long time, uh, you know, longer than I've been in it, so uh, we've got some some new fun. There's always fun in the legislature. Right. Always something right. to watch. And and for the past month or so, for six weeks, going on two months now, we've been watching this. Um, uh, what do you call it? I don't know if it's a scandal. It's 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 a lot of action. Um, yeah. You've got the Speaker of the House, Dennis Bonin, uh, and his meeting with activist, conservative activist Michael Quinn Sullivan. Grummer, what do you think about the situation? Wow. Yeah. Open-ended question for yeah, you. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, look, Bonin's in trouble, right? Um, one of the as in, in the Texas legislature, and you know this, uh, working with with Dan, um, the members, you know, Speaker is a very powerful person. He, he's part of the big yes. three: the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker. One of the things that members want from their speaker is the feeling that he's with them and that they want him to create an environment where they can even though he's speaker and sets the tone and picks his you know committee chairs and all that sure. they want to be heard and they want to know that the speaker supports them and is not going to put a knife in their back or run someone against them during an election season, especially if you're in the same party as that speaker. And so the problem with that meeting is that it appears that he met with Michael Quinn Sullivan and Empowered Texans to, for whatever reason. That could be the first problem right there. <laughs> sure. Even taking a meeting. Look, nothing against Michael Quinn Sullivan. He does his thing. He has an agenda. Yes. He's clear about his motives, right? He's Absolutely. He's ultra conservative. If you take a meeting with him, you do so at your own peril, right? Yes. I mean, what? what and no, it's what, probably going to be recorded. Yes. <laughs> well, now, if he doesn't know, then he knows now. So, but, but taking that take, taking that meeting is questionable. But um, when it goes off the rails and then it gets into going after members, fellow House members and members of your own allegedly, 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 yes. we'll see if we ever hear the yes. recording. That's where the problem is for him. Mm -hmm. Because as speaker, especially coming off this kumbaya session where everybody right, feels like it was good a good about effective each other. Right. session. Thank and, you, Sean. Yes. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my God, you're going after, if you wanted the, the, the alleged 10 Republicans he was, he was going mm -hmm. after, they're like, oh wow. And so yeah. now it, to me, depends on a couple of things. The question is what? Will he survive? Will right? he survive? Yeah. Yeah. It depends on a couple of things. One, we need to hear the recording, right? What? How? How does it sound? Is he really, really he going, going for it? Like yeah. Going after me saying that? Is he really dogging these other members? That, and you know, saying these things yeah, that he some allegedly reports that he said some you know nasty, nasty stuff. Nasty stuff, you know, exactly. Inappropriate and, stuff. So, right. Yeah, so we'll we need to hear that. Yeah. Second thing. What happens in 2020? The Republicans hold the House, so they could take care of itself. And if Democrats won the House, then it, it doesn't really yeah. matter, right? But what if there are more losses for Republicans uh, next year in 2020? Right. And they have a razor-thin 
majority. And people blame the speaker, Speaker Bonin, for it, saying, you know, you worried about allegedly knocking off fellow members, and here we are, Democrats taking it to us again. So it's been a distraction. Uh, How will 2020 turn out? Now, if Republicans rebound from 18 to 12 Republicans Mm -hmm. that lost and sort of make gains, then it could all be it could be forgotten, depending again on what you hear on the tape. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we still got business that really needs to be taken care of right now. There have been over 60 Democrats who are calling for a special session, yes. especially as it relates to to gun laws and gun violence. The Today, the governor um, put out eight executive orders uh, dealing with gun violence and but yet we're talking about the speaker, you know, and what's going on. So really, this is affecting the ability for them to do the work of the people. Yeah, because as long as that recording is still out there, I mean, he, he probably imagine he, he having nightmares about it being released. He wants it released. Right. And I he think that's to, tactical. I think he has to have it released. Yeah, because he wants to get it out. Yeah. Still some distance between now and when the session starts. Correct. The 2021 session. Get it out. Take your lumps, if there are lumps to be taken, and, and move on by it. But, you know, we'll see. But there, you're right, though. There are a lot of other issues that they should be concerned about. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think we're insiders? Do you think it affects normal voters? Uh, I, I think it's seeping into the to the mainstream. I mean, it's been in the paper so much. So, do normal voters see this and think, I don't, I don't want this. I don't like this. I'm gonna, you know, it, the the independent voter. Do they see this? I think they see it and don't like it. Yeah, they see it and they don't don't like it because it reminds them of what's wrong with government. Mm-hmm. That kind of pure politics where you get in the back room and cut a deal with somebody to knock these folks off when you should be talking about, you know, how do we build on on the session that right. we had? You know, how what what about curbing gun violence? What about health care? What about, you know, building on, on education and, and making uh, higher education more affordable and all of that? Just a sure. number of issues. And, and you're thinking about, you know, allegedly stabbing you know fellow members yeah. in the back so yeah that that seeps into that but it also has another practical purpose it prevents the speaker it could prevent the speaker in a way so if you're a candidate a republican mm-hmm. candidate do you want the speaker's money now that's a fair question i don't know yeah maybe not so his ability like speakers in the past to help republican candidates could be hampered mm-hmm. if they don't want to be bothered with him and they see him as a liability. Yeah. So we'll see how it all Man, turns out. Well, we can go on for yeah. hours on this, Sean. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring our Wrangle first two in. topics together, <laughs> right? I'm, right? Because it, in uh, Eric Johnson, Mayor Eric Johnson's former house seat, you have five people who oh, are yeah. running right. uh, to, to replace him in, in District 100. And so, uh, and one of those I've known for a long time, Paul Stafford, but we've got right. five people in that race. How do you see that race shaping out? Again, because you got to run to complete this term and then you'll be turning basically right back around and running again yeah and two things to look for one five people does that mean runoff mm-hmm. right right and if there is a runoff December wow Ooh, so, a Christmas <laughs> runoff that's a low 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 turnout deal so what what it means is the candidate that could can get the support 
and uh, support that translates into the knock and drag, knock and drag, dragging voters to the polls. And maybe a December or Christmas time election, basically, that candidate will have an advantage. And we'll see. um, You know, you got got a pretty good feel. Yeah, right. Uh, And so we'll see how it works. Jasmine Crockett is waiting Waiting. for March Mm -hmm. to run against essentially the winner of this. So. Oh. Yeah, I guess we didn't say all five are running as Democrats. And all, all, yeah. No Republicans, right. mm-hmm. all Democrats are running. Uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting. Be interesting to see if the mayor gets involved in his old district, mm-hmm. right? If he endorses yeah. in that race. But uh, the challenge for the candidates won't get a lot of publicity, right? Mm-hmm. It's a special election for District 100. Um, they're going to have to struggle to get their messages out. Um, one of the things Eric Johnson was good at was working social media, right? Right, absolutely. And they're going to have to to do that and figure out a way to build a coalition that works and works fast. And the candidate that does that will, will win either in November or December and then have a leg up going into absolutely. the March primary where there'll be many more voters. There's going to be a lot of voters in that primary. Uh, because it's a presidential mm-hmm. primary. Grummer, we don't want to keep you, but I do want to pivot to national stu- politics. Yeah. I know you just came from a, 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 a Democratic debate up in Frisco. Give us your you know your two minute spiel on what's going on nationally. We got a lot of Republicans retiring from right, Congress. Right. Take- yeah, I, I came from a Democratic Senate debate. These are folks uh, trying to run against uh, John Corn in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several of them, with the exception of MJ Hager. She wasn't there. One of the big ones. One of the big ones. But Royce West, Chris Bell, uh, Christina Ramirez, uh, Amanda Edwards, they all were there. It was a good discussion. Uh, but yeah, this is a big, big year. Mm-hmm. And it's a big year. Next year is a big year for Texas. Huge. Huge, huge. year for Texas. Everybody is taking it seriously. It starts at the top with the mm-hmm. presidential election. Trump won in 16, 2016 by nine percentage points. Not what happens digits. now? Yeah. Not double digit. What happens now? Beto O'Rourke lost by 2.6 percentage points. Just imagine in 2014, Greg Abbott beat Wendy Davis. You remember that? 20 percentage <laughs> points. It now it's gone all the way. You can see the trend. Yes. Is that trend real? It's 2020 the year. That's what we'll see. But it all depends on which candidate the Dems nominate mm-hmm. at the top of the ticket. That's Is right. it Biden or someone else? It starts there. And then we'll see. We'll Is see. Cornyn, you know, is is that going to be the race that, that Cruz O'Rourke was? Probably not. I think it all is going to involve the presidential race. Two things, watch to watch. The presidential race and how that affect, affects the down-ballot races mm-hmm. and the battle for the House. Yeah, and the, the, absolutely. I know I just read the, from, the, from you. I mean, the Trump campaign is taking t- Texas very seriously. Yes. I mean, they're not leaving anything they're to not chance leaving, Right, and it could, because if the Republicans lose Texas, there's no path to the White House. Mm-hmm. And it's a chain reaction also. And, and at some point, it will be interesting to see how much resources national Republicans put in the state and de- national Democrats. Do national Democrats believe, right, that Texas is really in play? That the groundwork's been laid right. by Beto last Right. Week. Will they put their money? Because they're talking a big game, right? But will the donors really back that up with money? The Texas House candidates need about 8 to $12 million 
combined, right? Uh-huh. To really mount a campaign that will, you know, that will have a chance of knocking off Republicans and taking control of the House. They got the low-hanging fruit last mm-hmm. year. But this is, you know, they're trying to in Tarrant County. Straight ticket voting goes away. Straight ticket voting goes away. So it's some real drama. Yeah. And it all depends on the investment in Texas. But, but and again, is Trump for real? Or is he? Is will he take? Is he Is he a millstone around the neck of the party, an albatross? Or does he still have, you know, some appeal, especially outside How's of the, the urban areas and economy? That's yeah. another good question. I mean, Cromer has this. It's kind of like somewhere between Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless. Yeah, I mean, he, he has the drama. Like I really want to know what's going to happen yeah. in November, right. December, yeah, exactly. which means we got to bring him back in March. The next for episode. Sure. Yeah, we got to bring yeah, him exactly, back man. to see what's going on because the crystal ball is really is really working. So I'm, yeah. I like that. But one, I, I, you know what? What I like is that Texas. The national folk Texas is on the map nationally. It's I always assumed it'd be twenty twenty four. That was always yeah. I thought I it would be later down the line that we would get this kind of well. excitement. Exactly. And so it really is because you know. 2016, I mean, uh, 14, even like you said, it's kind of like, you know, we really know how this is going to end. Right, exactly. But now there have been some races where you really, you literally don't know how they're going to end. Yeah, and that's always fun. And it makes what, what we all do. Mm-hmm. Fun as well. I mean, because sometimes we don't want a whole lot of fun. Exactly. Yeah, I know you don't want sometimes drama. We right? don't want a lot of drama. You, you know, you, do. you you want to win ten to nothing, right? Every every time <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Grover, thank you for coming by. Anything else you want to? You want? Oh yeah, we need to know how people yeah, can how follow can we you. Find you. Oh yeah, man. Just. Uh, uh, on Twitter at Gromer Jeffers, you know, just just hit me up there. You find me there, um, and go to DallasNews.com and and check me out. We got a new website. Um, Looks good, man. Yeah. Subscribe and right. subscribe, <laughs> subscribe. Local journalism matters, and so that that's what we're trying to we're trying to get that message. Your colleague across. Maria Halkius always beats on me, and I say, Maria, I'm a subscriber. Well, that's good, and we appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate yeah. that. Well, Gromer, we are gonna have you back in March, man, for sure, and uh, we're appreciate this time it's been fun hey man it's good to see you guys doing your thing I, again we all go back a long yes, way absolutely. so I, I mean I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and support you all well, we appreciate it too man we'll have to uh, go to our second studio location at Jalisco <laughs> oh that's yeah so, that'd yeah, be we'll great man I, I, yeah, that's, I love that's it other, that's our office uh, okay office, yeah. all right. so this is Deconstructing Dallas Sean Williams will be and, and Ryan Trimmer will be back right after this Dallas, he, Sean Williams, me, Ryan Trimble. Sean, 
Always love talking to that guy. Grummer Jeffers from the Dallas Morning News. Big thanks to him. Yeah, a lot of dropping a, a lot of knowledge and with a lot of energy. That was just a <laughs> lot of fun, man. Uh, and it's right in our wheelhouse. Like, I think when yeah. we started the podcast, that's a lot of what we had in mind for this podcast was Absolutely. politics. Now, our listeners have told us they don't want to just hear politics, right. which is great. We do a lot of things and have a lot of clients that we work with. And so we are fortunate to be able to bring a lot of varied interest to the topic. But for us, that's about as good yeah, as it gets. Yeah, that was great. That was great. So thank you again to Grummer Jeffers. Wanted to thank John Spriggins from the South Dallas Cultural Center. I'd be remiss if we didn't say thank you. Yeah, the great uh, director of this place who literally came out of a meeting to unlock, <laughs> unlock the doors the door. so we could get in here. Yeah. So we do yeah. want to give a shout out to John. We, we do love recording down here at the South Dallas Cultural Center Studios when we're uh, uh, away from our uh, the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios. So thanks again, John. Last but not least, let me not forget to say a big happy birthday to one of our most loyal listeners. She is Dominique Torres. Thank you, Dominique. Absolutely. A servant leader for Dallas. That's what I like to say. One of our dartboard trustees yes. and uh, has been asking when is the podcast coming back on Twitter. So the podcast is back. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you have an amazing birthday. Well, this has been Deconstructing Dallas. You've been listening to Sean Williams and Ryan Trimble. We want to thank Mary Woodley. We want to thank Jennifer Pascoe. We want to thank Gromer Jeffers for taking his time out to come and share with us today. Uh, and like Ryan said, we want to thank John Spriggins. Most of all, we want to thank everyone who is listening to this podcast. And we would like to ask you, if you could be so kind, as to go to your podcast platform of choice, if it is iTunes, if it is Spotify, uh, give us a review. Let everyone know how you feel about it on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. We would really, really appreciate that. And tell your friends. And don't forget, we are on Twitter. We are on um, Facebook. So, you know, check us out on social media also. So for Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams. We will be back very soon. Adios.